Welcome to Camera Ready and Able, the podcast that explores the intersection of media change and personal growth. I'm your host, Barbara Barna Able, and my calling is to help you tap into your superpowers, clarify your message, and make an impact on the world. This episode is brought to you by the word confidence. The magical meeting of confidence, the fuel that drives us toward our ambitions, and calm, the soothing balm that eases the way. Also described as the steady, quiet inner thread of self-reliance and self-knowledge that holds you together when the outside world is in a whirl. I love that. And here to discuss confidence is the woman who created confidence, the one and only Patricia Stark. Patricia works on both sides of the camera as a media trainer, public speaking trainer, certified body language specialist, and confidence coach. Patricia also appears regularly on camera as a guest expert speaking about media and communication, lifestyle expert, and health and medical news anchor. Patricia, I am so thrilled to get to have this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you and welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here with you and to see you again, Barbara. I'm really, really looking forward to this. Oh, well, thank you. I know I miss you because for everyone who doesn't know, Patricia and I often done, you've been so kind to invite me into your workshops in the past. And I, I really, they're wonderful and I miss the opportunity. So I, with that, I also want to say, first off, congratulations on your book, Confidence, oh, which I have you. here in my hand. Thank you very much. You can see all like my many post-its, which is great. Awesome. Um, it really is a wonderful, wonderful resource. So the first thing, obviously, I just want to ask you is to walk through what confidence means to you. How do you define it? Yeah, well, you know, I think it's this magical combination of two things that we really need to be able to feel and say, I've got this, you know, from all of the years of coaching and training clients and students, this seemed to be the theme that kept coming up with everybody. Everybody sure wants to feel confident when they're in front of the camera or on stage or in whatever communication situation they're, they're doing, but even confident people that are really expert at what they're doing still can get anxiety, still can get stressed out and still can have that feeling of not feeling in control because we're juggling so many things. So this was the thing that everybody kept coming up. They all wanted to find this confidence, and find that calm first so that they could think straight and, and trust themselves. So, you know, when I decided to create this book, I really wanted it to be a hybrid between a personal growth, a personal development book and a professional development book, because sure, these are all skills that we want to use in our career, but we're communicating every single day, whether it's in how we're speaking to ourselves or mm -hmm. how we're speaking to the people around us. And that foundation of how we're feeling inside, that calmness and that confidence inside is what affects the way that we communicate to everyone else and our interpersonal skills. So it, it's something that if we don't feel sure-footed with, we really need to work on that to make sure that we have that foundation. Mm -hmm. Well, right to what you just said, I couldn't agree more in my own work that confidence is an issue across the board. If you're transitioning or you're really successful in business and you're used to being in charge or you were a successful athlete, whatever, but you're used to being really good at what you do and now you're being asked to go do something different, all those same things percolate. And I just always love to point that out that it is universal, that it's, you know, it's not you because you're new that is lacking in confidence. It's because this is a pretty universal thing and feeling vulnerable is incredibly universal. Are there parts of this book as you're writing like, wow, 
God, I wish I'd known this when I was starting. Or are there specific moments where you're realizing it was yes, that I tapped into something or is aware of something, you know, way back in the day, because this is a resource didn't exist when you started in the business at all. Yeah, I think that I said it somewhere along the way that this was the book that I needed back in the day and that I would have looked for and would have used. And that's part of why I wrote it. And, you know, so much of the journey is going through getting knocked down, going through those moments of self-doubt and fear and working through them. And it absolutely is a journey, but I had hoped that if I could give some stories and anecdotes and even client stories and stories from students that I've worked with so that they may help give some shortcuts to some people, uh, you know, that was my intention. But certainly it is about learning to be comfortable being uncomfortable, knowing that the imposter syndrome is a good sign because it means you're growing and to be able to have a growth mm. mindset and not have to think you have to be perfect or you know that skills are, are transferable. And I talk about it in the book, I've had you know, some really famous people, some really successful people cry in my room because they expected instant success or uh, instant proficiency uh, because that's what they were used to having. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're growing in another direction and that's why they're called growing pains. They're incredibly awkward and uncomfortable and we need to be able to cut ourselves some slack. And, you know, perfection is one of the biggest confidence killers that's out there because first of all, it's just ridiculous to think that you can be perfect and to try to strive to be perfect leaves no room for growth and certainly no room for just being an accessible, approachable, real human being. Oh, could not agree more. Plus there is no perfect at this. I mean, how would you even define perfect? Because we talk about all the time, getting all the words right is, is not, doesn't make it perfect. That no, just meant you got all the words right. But right? You know, like people anyway, or pe people that are thinking or acting like they're perfect, it's, it's, it's baloney because we know it's, it's just a farce and it's really a turnoff. We like people like us that make mistakes that can laugh at themselves, that can let things roll off their back and be like, all right, so what? Yeah, I say that every day, no one's showing up for my perfect. We show up for the value that you bring. You bring tremendous value, Patricia. That's what I showed up. I never said, gosh, I wanna go to, you know, sit in on one of Patricia's workshops because it's going to be perfect. I was like, cause it's really transformational. Yeah. And that's way, way more important. The other thing you tapped into, I, I've seen this too, is when people come in, and, um, and, but it's also intense when you're there as a trainer, when someone's that vulnerable and they're crying. But the thing is, it actually is one of my pet peeves when people refer to my tips and tricks. And I'm like, they're no tricks because tricks imply deceit. And I was like, no, I'm totally a straight shooter. This is very honest. There are no tricks. There yeah. are tips. Um, and, but so I was going to get at is the idea that like, it's a, a one and done when people ask for, you know, think that there's like the magic bullet. Like yeah. that, just give me that one secret that'll make this easy. I'm like, well, my answer to that question would be like, buy Patricia's book and read it would be the answer to my, like, what's the, you know, the one stop magic bullet question. I was going to ask you, cause I get these questions all the time. It's like, if you could give, you know, what's one thing someone could do. I get the one thing all the time. So I'm going to ask you, what's the one thing when people well, don't ask we all like a quick 
fix. I mean, that's why I think we're also used to hearing also in the media, there's always that hype. Oh, here's the secrets to this. Here's the tips and tricks for this. You know, it's trying to sexify things and, and create that, oh, ooh, we've got to hear this. We've got to know that. And, and the, the whole idea of a silver bullet that's been, mm -hmm. you know, in movies and mm -hmm. literature and television for, for years. I mean, it's what we all would love. I try to come up with ideas that are tangible and you can immediately put into action. And I think that that's something that is more realistic that we can hope to offer, offer people. But what I would say is that, you know, first you have to really say to yourself, like, what, what's going on in here, first and foremost, when I start my day? before whatever that thing is later on of either being in the spotlight or a confrontational situation or somehow the way that we're putting ourselves out there feeling vulnerable in the world. Like, how are we showing up? And how are we talking to ourselves first, you know? And I love to reference the good old angel devil on our shoulders that everybody knows about. And But I, I like to say, and I talk about it in the book, that it's we all have an inner critic. Everybody's got it. It's not going away, but we can choose not to take direction from it because guess what else we can tap into our inner coach and that mm -hmm. inner coach is us talking to ourselves and being a bit more in charge and less reactionary and saying no you've got this you can do this you know what it's not about you be here to be of service be here to give value be here to make a plan and follow your plan and, and do a good job and have a good work ethic and show up and try to be a solution for people rather than listening to that inner critic saying oh I hope they like me or what if I screw up or what if I'm not good enough? I mean, you can't listen to both voices simultaneously. Just like studies show, we can't, you know, have a negative thought and a positive thought at the same time. So at some point, we can say to ourselves, I can't control everything. But what I can control is I can tune into my inner coach and drown out that inner critic, which is really just a scared child trying to protect us. That is us. Mm -hmm. in the back of our mind, because it's that primitive place of, well, what's worst case scenario? What if something goes wrong? I need to know how to get myself out of there and protect myself. So, so we're very you know, reactionary in that primitive place when the stakes are high or when we feel that we're putting ourselves out on a limb, right? But that's then the time that we can say, no, I'm going to tap in to that other voice, that other person on my shoulder, which is my inner coach of, that's the person that, you know, if you were going through something and I was your friend of how I would talk to you, Barbara, how I would try to remind you of your value and build you up and remind you of your, you know, your resume or all of the things that you've done where you've earned the right to be wherever that is right now, where someone has asked you to be or where you've placed yourself. And, you know, we do this for the people we love but it's sometimes harder and we forget to do it for ourselves. Oh, absolutely. I loved that you started the book, but the, you know, the first the beginning is all about the self-talk and the, um, I've always found an amazing, you know, resource and so much information in Shad Helmstetter's what to say when we talk to ourselves, because this, the data on the, how horrible we are ourselves is overwhelming and how often we say, you know, really, throughout really, really mean-spirited things at ourselves. But that also means, because you address this very much, is in what you're talking about here is self-awareness. So that when you, first of all, because you have to stop and recognize that the critic and what I, which is what I refer to as the gremlin and it's anybody's self-conscious and the self-conscious always wins if we're not, you know, it's like the house always wins in gambling. So if you're not paying attention, your self-conscious is going to win. So you have to have the self-awareness to stop and go, oh, that physical sensation I'm having and these emotions I'm feeling are talking to me and I need, I need to stop and acknowledge that I'm being spoken to. But to your point, you have to listen to them. 
Right. You could just say like, pipe down, I'm going to coach myself through this and tap in and be kind, be really kind to ourselves. The other thing I loved, and I was, it was scanning through going towards the back of the book was these two chapters next to each other. So I want to some, spend some time talking about them as one, the inner voice of confidence, which is kind of a tapping into what we're just talking about, and the outer voice of confidence. So if we could just even talk just for, you know, because most people, if they haven't read the book yet, to explain, and I love that they're right next to each other, what is the inner voice versus the outer voice? So the inner voice is pretty much what we were just talking about of how you talk to yourself and how that's really the most important thing that you will ever hear, because it's not just in how we're talking to ourselves with, you know, positive affirmations and you can do this. And while all of that is very important, we are also constantly talking to ourselves about how we're interpreting what we think others mm. are either saying or thinking about us or how they might be judging us or whatever. And we're making this up. Like literally, I'll give you like a quick uh, thing from, from my, my life. I had one client that I did a bunch of training for out in Pennsylvania and it went well. I got great feedback. I, I thought it went well. And then I reached out uh, and she didn't respond and she wasn't responding for like several weeks. And I was like, this is really weird. And I wrote back another email and I said, Hey, I just want to make sure that you were okay with everything. And that, and, and, and I almost opened the door to negativity, but I just stepped a little shy of that. And I was glad that I did because I found out like a couple of days later that she was on some fabulous honeymoon in Hawaii and was not taking any calls or emails or anything. But where did that inner critic go right to? Oh, it must be something bad. It must be something she didn't like. It must be something that wasn't satisfactory. So if we're making this stuff up anyway and making assumptions, why don't we make up a more positive thing? Why oh, not I love that. I love that. I love that because I read a definition once that anxiety is fear of the future. And if we don't know what's going to happen, why are we choosing a negative ending, which is exactly what you just said. It's like we have the choice. So I'm going to imagine it's going to work out really well. I love that, Patricia, because that is such a real world example for so many people listening to the podcast and who will be reading your book is that you go in for an audition or a job interview and then crickets. And so that really does chip away at the confidence, no matter how hard you've been working at this. But though it is a reminder that no matter what it is story, there are so many reasons why you don't hear back that have nothing to do with you, nothing to do with you. You might have made an amazing impression. This happens, I mean, I can say on my end from the casting director side, that it's like, oh my God, we loved you. In fact, we still talk about you in meetings. <laughs> you would have no idea because we didn't yes. tell you. Yeah, but as humans, you know, we're so in need of acknowledgement and validation. And, you know, it's just good to know and good to feel like, oh, somebody liked me. I mean, at the core, like we wanna be liked, we wanna fit in, you know, this is like part of being human. Um, so it's a normal place to go. But I think once you really sit back and realize, you know what, I'm a grown up now. And it's for me to really say, you know what? I am the one that's left to fill in the blank when I don't hear. So from now on, I'm just gonna assume that everybody thinks I'm the best thing since sliced bread and go on and move forward. And if I hear, that's great. And if I don't, I don't. But that's easy to say once you've kind of been through the trenches and you've grown as a, a performer or grown as someone that is used to not taking things personally. But it's not easy to do when you're new or when uh, maybe you've had bad luggage or experience, you know, growing up in a family or, or have had people in your life not build you up. So it's almost like retraining yourself over again mm -hmm. as you develop as a human being to like yourself and to you feel that you're enough. 
you might not be the right person for that address or for that job or for that, but for you, you've got to work on and say, what is it that makes me look in the mirror in the morning and go to sleep at night and say, you know what, I'm enough and I like myself enough and it's okay if everybody else doesn't, but I'm living up to feeling good and I know I've done everything for myself to be cool with myself. Mm-hmm. The internal validation is so important. Also, you just really said a couple of things that were really great, Patricia, because one, we talked about um, neuroplasticity when Rachel D'Alto was on the podcast. And so just bringing that up right now to let everyone know, because you can retrain your brain. And so no matter what experiences you've had in the past with intention and discipline and, and sort of commitment to the process, you can absolutely reframe your brain. And that, that goes back to opening up, you know, positive neural pathways and reframing negative neural pathways into positive ones. And that's so great. The other thing you just said that I loved was being in the trenches. And I think that's such an important part of, and, and why the book is such a great tool is because you have to build, it's a muscle. You build life through experience and resilience, which is one of my favorite words on this podcast. And your book is such a great tool to help people get through that process, to get through the time in the trenches, because that's where most people quit, right? You have one or two bad experiences and you give up. And it's, I think this is such a, an amazing resource to help people keep going. Because another yeah. one of my favorite quotes, if I'm going to throw all of them out there, but I love this one is nobody ever failed in Hollywood. They just quit too soon. Yeah. No, that's so true. And there are so many stories of that. And I always chuckle when someone's getting interviewed and they're like, oh, overnight success. And then you hear that person say, no, it actually took me 15 years or 20 years for somebody to even know I existed, you know? So, I mean, that's why when I outlined the four sections of the book, I didn't go right to the communication end of it, which is obviously, you know, what I do my, a lot of my work in because I wanted the foundation to be there. So for the first part to be everyday confidence about the confidence killers and the confidence boosters and then self-care. And then the second part being that resilience, that confidence, resilient confidence about, you know, we all get knocked down. We all have to go through things. And my father always said when I was growing up, you know, the sword doesn't get sharp unless it is, you know, uh, banged up against the stones and hit by rocks and things like that. Like these mm. are all things that feel really bad when we're going through them. But the cracks, as they say, are where the light comes in. And that's where the wisdom comes from. And that's where the trusting in ourself comes from. And then, you know, I got into the next sections of the communications confidence and then the natural remedies, which, you know, talking about some fixes or quick little things that we can do to kind of help along those fight or flight uh, things that we feel but so it, it's it's all about what is that foundation you know I, I i talk about in the book you know check your state of confidence in the morning like how are you showing up for you first before you show up for other people and what can you do that you can control to focus on better things and to you know create a place of internal calm first so that you can walk into a situation with clarity and with a little bit of kindness and ease so that whatever's thrown at you, you can, you can kind of figure it out. And even if it doesn't work out exactly the way you want it to, or it's not okay, you're gonna be okay. That's beautiful. I wanna ask you, since you are, you know, walking the talk and living your truth, and, and to your point, I mean, this is like an everyday, occurrence. You know, we have 
range of emotion, but we're out there and we get thrown curveballs. and you're both in front of the camera, behind the camera. Um, do you have any recent examples where you've had to stop, you know, you were going to go, even like going out on a book tour to stop and sort of dig deep and go, okay, wait, what? I got to go, you know, reread my own section and coach myself through this. Last night. <laughs> so I um, host these medical and uh, health and wellness types of uh, live streaming events and satellite uh, events for the medical industry. I've been doing it for 13 years with this one particular broadcast company in New Jersey. And as we all know, many of us have been functioning in a very virtual world. And even when I've gone to their studios, I've been in the studio alone and everybody's up on all these giant monitors, whether it's across the country across the world and that's how we've been interacting so last night we finally had two physicians on set next to me lots of people from pharmaceutical companies uh, mulling around and and a crew and this script was chock full of words that i've never had to say before really tough medical terminology things that i'm putting in in phonetics and we're going live twice once at seven o'clock and once at nine o'clock and right before about 10 minutes before we go live someone comes in thinking they're being helpful to tell me how not to pronounce one of these really big long names so you know last in first out now my brain is saying what they're saying the wrong way and i'm starting to get i'm now i'm getting anxiety and now all of a sudden i'm like oh my gosh like i'm not feeling real confident now and now everybody and their brother is around and i have to do this live i literally had to get myself out of that set excuse myself for a minute go do some breathing go do some focusing on things do a bunch of my rituals and my things of my reminders of how i and why i've earned the right to be in that moderator anchor chair and then completely try to push out any of those other voices, in particular that one person's voice, and now think of my plan again and come back out and focus on nothing else, but I'm gonna work my plan and I'm gonna know what I'm gonna to have to do. And I may have also talked to the teleprompter operator again and changed my phonetics a little bit so that I knew it wasn't gonna trip me up. So it's preparation, it's self-talk, it's knowing how to adjust the fight or flight in your body. And it's taking that personal inventory of being able to go out somewhere and saying, no, you know what? I've earned the right to be here. Plus I'm here to help. I'm here to make other people shine and do a good job for the client that's hired me. So trying to remove that self-focus that you, you really do need up until that point, because you have to be focused on how do I look? How's my preparation? How are all these other things? But then at some point you have to be able to release all that, get rid of yourself and focus on your guest and your viewer. And now they're my priority. That was the most incredible real life example. And just to prove to everyone, as we said, it happens, I mean, you're the pro of pros, you know, you're at the top of your game and there it happened to you. That's incredible. And the other thing I love that you said in there in the midst of like all the, like I, I was having so much empathetic agita um, was you had a plan. Cause I think that's also something that many people, I don't even care how, I don't wanna say experienced, but even, you know, people who are coming to this as professionals in other fields or newbies, it does not even occur to people that there's a plan aspect of this. It, I, I say it constantly that you're not talking, you're communicating and this, you need to have a game plan. So loosely or broadly or specifically, what, when you're referring to, I had to get back to my plan, what, what was part of your plan? 
yeah. So I think that you know, the best people make it look so easy and that's mm -hmm. why we think they're winging it and they're, they're not. I mean, at least there's a skeletal structure there of this is how I'm getting from point A to point B to point C to point D. And then, you know, you kind of put on the flesh and the fat in making it conversational and real and, and, you know, communicating, not just presenting. Right. So the plan was, this is how I'm going to get through the prompter read and the phonetics and where I'm going to slow down and take my time to be a little bit more deliberate with things as much as I don't want to sound like the hired hand uh, because you know these are medical professionals they use this terminology but it just flows off their their tongue but you know I have a certain standard for myself when I do these that I don't want it to be glaringly obvious that I'm the host or the anchor that's not the medical professional at the very least I want to come across as a valid medical health anchor who should be well-versed in this type of technical medical communication. So, but I know that my plan though has to be giving myself a little bit of, of slack there to slow down on those words and, and not have to have them roll off like they do so that I get through them and not screw them up. Because what do we do when we want to sound like, oh, I talk about this every day. We kind of rush through things. We do this blending. We kind of let it rattle off. And that's usually when people screw up on teleprompter because they're going too fast or they're trying to throw it away so much that they've completely gone off the rails and haven't allowed that plan to unfold in a little bit more of a deliberate way. So there's sometimes that I have to calculate that for myself and be like, it's okay for me to sound like that right here now. And then to also talk about this is how I'm going to um, transition from that into a conversational matter. So it's almost like I'm, I'm pre-paving the event as I want it to unfold rather than having that fear of seeing things like screwing up because we do that you know you you, you envision okay mm -hmm. what if i blank out what if i here comes that word i'm gonna screw it up i mean we do that and that's in itself what screws us up so it's more of you know making that positive plan that this is how i'm going to prepave the way that i want it to go and to really visualize that all the way through so that when the you know, nerves do kick in when that heat of the moment of one, two, and three, two, one, we're alive kicks in. At the very least, that plan is there so that my autopilot, that primitive place we go to, has something to follow that I've already worked through visually in my mind's eye. And that really has saved my butt many times. Okay, that was phenomenal. This was such a masterclass. I just imagine everybody's pausing, rewinding the podcast just to hear that over again. Wow. The other thing I want to love, just skipping ahead, was because, um, you know, it is really holistic. And this is so much we've been talking about, even though we didn't actually use that word, but that you can't separate your being from the doing. You can't separate your brain from the speaking. And so I do love that you included the natural remedies because I actually bring that up. I'm sure you have the same thing to people. And I was like, well, are you hydrated? Are you? And they'll look at like, what are you talking about? It's like, uh, okay, sleep, uh, you know, your good nutrition. If you're going out there and your stomach's growling, you have low blood sugar, that's not good. I mean, all these things matter. But anyway, so I love that you included. And I was just curious, like what some of in their bunch, obviously in the book, but what your go-tos are and why they work. 
Yes. Well, my one all-time favorite that literally at some of the workshops that you've been at uh, before you've seen some of the talent get up, uh, this one particular thing has literally been passed around the room and people are like chugging it under their tongue. And that's lemon balm blend. And it's a little tincture like echinacea where you get the dropper full and you put it under your tongue. And the way that I was introduced to this is that I had um, a friend's sister was going through breast cancer treatment and she was getting really bad anxiety about having breast cancer in general and then going through the treatments. And her doctor had recommended this to her and said, it's known as a natural Xanax, but it's not something that you're going to have to worry about, you know, getting uh, addicted to, and it's not going to cause any additional problems. You could take it several times a day. So I started playing with it uh, for when my son was getting test anxiety or, you know, just with some of my public speaking clients that had a real, real severe risk of, I mean, a real fear of public speaking. And it really takes that edge off of that initial fight or flight, not so much like the way a glass of wine would, because then you're trying to straighten your head and you're feeling wonky. So it doesn't make you feel flaky. It just kind of takes away that little bit of that fight or flight feeling so that you can feel a little bit more like even keel. And I, even when I used to uh, work overnights and would have to sleep in a chair for 45 minutes, I would take it, it would just take that edge off just enough to like do a power sleep in. So that's one that I've gotten such great feedback on that anybody can get over, you know, I think you can get on Amazon, you get it at any health food store. People love it for different reasons. Um, the other thing that I learned when I was working a lot in, um, in broadcasting was a lot of people were taking dark cherries and they were either bringing dried cherries in or they were putting them in their smoothies. And I'm like, so what's, what's this whole cherry thing about? And I learned that it's because they're a natural source of melatonin and they just kind of help give you that chill kind of feeling of, of calm and um, you know, just like a little bit more of like a mellow feeling, but still keeping your energy up. And then the last one that I'll mention is bananas. You know, when I was teaching at the film center building on 44th and 9th, you know, it's right in the heart of Broadway there. And many of the people that were on Broadway with it, maybe wanted to transition to become an entertainment host or something would end up in my room. And I found out they're all eating bananas behind stage. I'm like, really? And they're like, bananas are natural beta blockers and they're also natural muscle relaxants and they're portable. You can throw them in your bag. So bananas is, is another favorite one that I would mention there. Oh my God, going bananas with Patricia Stark. Okay. I love this. And just to talk about the lemon balm tincture, I was thinking, wow, so great on an airplane. Cause if you're a nervous flyer and you want to get a little rest, that's incredible. And I'll give you one other little secret that I'm just gonna let her not saying that I do this because I'm somebody that can't really drink anymore because alcohol as much as I like it hates me now. But I've had people tell me that when they felt hungover and they took a little bit of this, believe it or not, it helped level them out a little bit. So just a little side note. Okay, good to know. You know, back <laughs> in the, but to your point is like, I never recommend somebody drinking and using that to calm down. But I did back in the day say, you know how it feels like you've had a shot of tequila? Just remember how that feels. Right. Do so I have a story on that? Oh, of course, of course, of course, of course. So you're saying emulate that feeling. Emulate that feeling. Like you don't, don't really do it, but just go back into your mental and remember what it was like. I spent what it is to feel like warm through your body. Yes. That kind of thing and relax. And, and it usually it's a happy place and, and anchor that to something, you know, tactile, but don't actually do it. 
Oh yeah, because that visualization can actually help you feel that way again. But just one quick story about that. I have something called mitral valve prolapse, which makes my heart feel like it's fluttering and skipping. And it's nothing that's gonna kill me, believe me. I've, I've looked into it and I get checked all the time by my cardiologist, but it can cause this, this like kind of skipped beat feeling. And a lot of things can agitate it. Hormones can, or stress can do it too. And in 2014, I was down in DC getting my, my body language certification. And it was like a 90 hour, program. It was really intense. And they like sprung our final project on us at about 10 o'clock at night, the night before, and wouldn't tell us what time our presentation was going to be the next day. So we were all up all night working on, we had to like present everything we learned, like a train the trainer type of workshop. And I remember I had been up all night. I wasn't on a lot of sleep. So obviously I was not like feeling like peak performance the next day. And my heart starts you know, flopping. And this is when alcohol like didn't bother me. So we're going back a few years now. And I remembered at the time, one of my doctors had said, you know, if, if this is happening, have like a little half a glass of white wine or something, and it, you know, just take that edge off. So I remember I went and I didn't again, know when my time was, I went around the corner. It was at a, a hotel facility down there. And I drank about a half, maybe three quarters of a glass of wine. Well, do you know that I came back into that room and I get buzzed off of that. I, I'm a cheap date, you know? And I remember I spent the next hour or 45 minutes when I found out when my my time was up in front of the crowd literally now stressing that I was afraid I wasn't sharp enough that I needed to clear my head that I realized that those nerves actually made me think on my feet better and as painful as they can be if I didn't shun them and just knew that they were getting me ready that, that my fire you know all engine systems were firing so that I could launch and stay up in the air you know if I can use a rocket analogy like they I, I was now worrying I didn't have that sharpness and that was such a big lesson for me that you know just work through that because you just need to be courageous for about 20 or 30 seconds in the beginning and then you naturally level off anyway and when you introduce something like that that you can't control and really clear out of your system quickly it really can hurt you and work against you. Okay, this was so incredible. Okay, love the rocket analogy. And also the nugget within that when you said it's actually just have the courage, it's only 20 or 30 seconds to really to launch. Because in our heads and in our anticipation, I, I, I just think it seems endless. Right. And, and I just think that was a game changer right there, Patricia, when you said it's really only 20 or 30 seconds. And then you can say, I can do that. Right. I can yes. absolutely do that. Sure. Wow, that's incredible. Where do we find you? So uh, patriciastark.com uh, is the um, training website and uh, confidencebook.com is the uh, book website and also uh, on Instagram, Patricia Stark Communications or Confidence Book, same thing for Facebook and LinkedIn. Happy to always connect with people, uh, Patricia Stark. And oh, at click Patricia for Twitter. But please feel free anyone to connect with me anywhere. I do love uh, connecting with people and supporting other uh, talent. You support people across the board. I can say that. Oh, thank you so much. It's been wonderful having you here. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the opportunity. And it's just so great being able to spend some time with you again. And hopefully we'll get to do it again in person soon for some workshops. I, I was just gonna about to ask that. So thank you. I really look forward to that. And I wanna say thank you for listening to Canberra Ready and Able. If you would like info on one-on-one -on -one private coaching with me or a custom communications workshop for your company or team, please skip on over to ableintermedia.com and shoot me a note. And as always, please be sure to hit the subscribe button if you haven't already. Thank you.